Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cross Play episode 104. My name is not Stephen Fontana, but that is Andy Asimakis, and we are not live on Twitch right now because we have uh, a conjoined two brain cells. And the the uh, two factor authentic, uh, authentication goes to Stephen's phone. So I think this is Stephen's way of trying to be um, an essential worker on, yeah. uh, of dual screens, and he's like, "See, when I'm not there, things can't work properly, so you can never yep. let me go." Yep, exactly. So uh, we are not live today. We will just be recording this. Uh, but I'm Taylor Allen. And this is Dual Screens Crossplay, the internet's number one gaming podcast starring people that you have never heard of, probably. Dual Screens Crossplay posts each and every week for your listening pleasure on your podcast service of choice, including our home, Podbean. Of course, dualscreens.com could not exist without our amazing patrons, especially our Patreon producers, Colton the Apprentice Nestler. FNH Paul and Vegas Girl on Fire. If you would like to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash NDS podcast, throw us a dollar, get access to the discord, come hang out. Or you can be like the, the Patreon producers and throw us a lots of dollars and help us make shows like Faction Wars, a new world podcast, which I host, um, or, or the, the dual screens podcast where we interview lots of cool people, stuff like that. Andy, before we get into it, Taylor, we have a yes, very special episode of the Dual Screens podcast coming up Ooh, this week. Do you want to we give do. people a little teaser, a little, little sizzle reel? We do. So Sony did this thing this week where they just announced ten new indie games, which I think are either console exclusive or have some deal with Sony. That's it along some lines and. A brand new indie game from a brand new studio, from a brand new dev, a solo dev called Animal Well is coming out hopefully at some point this year. It is a game that even the developer has a hard time describing. Okay. There's a blob. It has Metroidvania qualities, but it's not really a Metroidvania. It's like an anti-Metroidvania. It's wild. It's crazy. It's a really, really, really good conversation. We went so over the time. We had like enough time for like two rapid fire. That's how long the beefy interview was in this one. So please check that out this Friday only on the Dual Screens Entertainment Network. There we go. And you <laughs> left out you left out an, an important distinction here. Oh, did I? Dual Screens is the very first interview that this forgot. developer almost forgot has done with anyone yes this number is... one in the world <laughs> i was poking fun because um they did a blog post on the playstation uh blog spot and they were saying how they want to keep the games like details under wraps until you know the time is right and then within like two days i saw a full-blown preview on ign because they got like an early build and I was like, well, now someone's played it. So yeah, you're not that cage about the details. Yeah. So I was like, and it was like the first preview. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have the first interview. And that's what we did. I'm very excited about that. 
Very excited. Keep an eye out for that on your so. podcast service of choice or YouTube this coming Friday. Mm. Uh, that's what, February 18th. Yeah, so. baby. All righty. It is time to get into the adventures in gaming. Gaming, gaming, <laughs> gaming, gaming, gaming. Andy, oh, boy. I love it. What have you been playing, man? <laughs> I, we haven't podcasted together in a very long no. time. No. We've, we've never done just us before either, I, I think, ever. I know. It's kind of, it feels like, like, kind of, we should, like, keep it under wraps a little bit. Like, so, like, talk about going behind talk, dad's back or something. I know, like, talk about firsts, you know? This is just, yeah. this feels, it feels natural. It yes. feels like, it feels good. Um, so, I've been, I finished the fuck out of Sifu. Oh. Sifu, oh, man, it is a game that just, does not let go of your soul and your body and the second i was done and i looked down i was like how did my dual sense survive this entire game without being thrown against the wall or chewed through while i was playing it i jumped right back in like immediately after because i saw this you were were saying (laughs) that you were going for the uh yeah secret thing right i saw this thing it's got multiple endings i saw this thing you can spare the bosses and I'm like, what kind of insane person? Because the bosses are such a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. The amount of joy derived from murdering them is, there are no words. Sure. But you feel deep inside when they die. But I can now spare them. But, you know, now that I've beaten the game and I've killed them once at least, I've, yeah. I've matured, I've grown up. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll play it again. But this time I'll be a nice guy mm-hmm. and I'll let them live. So I'm playing some of that. Uh, you know, and sucking a lot less than when I first played it. So I want to ask you about Sifu, actually, because I haven't had oh, a sure. chance to, to oh, jump boy. in and play it yet. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. Please um, did First and foremost, did you play Absolver? So Absolver, I tried and mm-hmm. it did not click with me. Yeah, because that's how I, it was for me, too. It was mm-hmm. free on PS Plus or, or something, it was. I think. It was. So mm-hmm. I think everyone has played it at this point that's what i first played as well everyone kind of has that same sentiment where like i tried it it, i don't know you know yeah but the concept seemed really cool and i could tell that they put like a lot of love and care into like these different martial arts styles and stuff Mm -hmm. um so since we have like had a similar experience with absolver i feel like i kind of know the answer to this but do you feel like this is a significant step forward in that like combat style and mm. and like weightiness that they had from that game to Sifu. It's um I really think that they sat down, they were just like, you know, we did we did one thing really, really well in Absolver. Mm-hmm. And if we shed the multiplayer and all the other stuff that that comes with it, all that baggage, mm-hmm. um if we just tear that all down and focus on the intense beat em up hand-to-hand combat and really make that our, our prime objective, we can crush it. And they really did something special with this game because the combat has like a fluidity to it. It feels like you're in an actual fight sometimes. Yeah. Like when you're dodging, you know, you get those swift punches in and the pairing and like as you learn new moves it's yeah i think they they took what they knew from absolver and we're just we're just gonna focus on this 
Yeah. They like and it, doubled it shows. and tripled it down shows. On, yeah. on that melee combat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's it's tough because you know I can't think of any other beat 'em up game. Maybe maybe Streets of Rage 4. Mm-hmm. There's like combos in that game and you feel like the weight of the what's button mashing in that game but this is way more sophisticated because you can't really mash you can't mash at all yeah in this game you just can't you really can't and it's like those old games those old arcade coin up beat-em-ups grew up a little bit and evolved and Mm -hmm. this is like the the evolution of that and it feels like actual fighting very cool. <laughs> I, I dig that a lot. What yeah. else have you been playing, Andy? So I also got, um, I'm not sure why we're being showered with review codes for things that we don't deserve, but whatever, I'll take it. Uh, Shadow <laughs> Warrior 3, which is out like in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, got my hands on that. Can't talk about it at all. Cool. But. Did you, you play Shadow the, Warrior 2? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So okay. If you, if you, if you love, if you love the series then fans of the series will appreciate yeah hey if you like shadow warrior then you're gonna smile for no apparent reason when this game comes out those two things aren't related i'm just saying you're gonna smile you will smile and also (laughs) the game will come out right (laughs) unrelated (laughs) right 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 um and i am wrapping up uh let's see what else um rise of the third power which is just again a amazing jrpg a uh, funny, funny story about that. Uh, you know, you get that little Nintendo Switch notification if one of your friends pops in, like, oh, you're playing so-and-so, like, yeah. Taylor's playing Pokemon Unite or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I started playing it while Ken was online. And it just says Rise of the Third. And he calls me and he's like, are you playing a game called Rise of the Third Reich on <laughs> Switch? And I was like, no! Nintendo would never. I mean, I was like, that'd be an awesome ass game. Like, what would you even do? Yeah. <laughs> Setting false flags and a whole bunch of other weird shit. Like, yeah. I was like, babe, no, that's not a, a Nintendo. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. So I'm like 30 hours in that game. I'm not sure uh-huh. when it's going to end, but it's, I'm grinding and leveling. Eventually. Eventually, fighting like super bosses and shit. What are you playing, Taylor? I know, I know what you're playing. So, well, yeah. <laughs> As always, I'm playing New World every single day for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> I I am over a thousand hours deep into that game. A game has been out for less than two thousand hours. Like, <laughs> it's probably closer to like twenty five hundred now or something. But is it is it more is the going back constantly a I need to feed this beast every day because new shit happens? Like there's like no, not at all. It's just <laughs> it's you, the same you, shit. You you wanna play. Well, the a big thing with MMOs is like the community, right? And like the friends right. that you make and mm-hmm. stuff. And so like I play that game to like dick around in voice chat and and hang out with you know cool people that I've met through the game and stuff. Um, I will say the political intrigue in New World, like I could write a novel on <laughs> on the betrayals and the the rise from the ashes and all of these stories and stuff. Um, we just merged into a new server because they were you know doing server merges and stuff. Um, and 
uh, on the previous server, our faction um, was pretty good. And like we, you know, we all kind of banded together and overcame this like super toxic group that controlled the entire map previously. And, oh and it, was, it was fun. Like we, you know, it was like just the most amazing underdog story. We come and the people on our faction on this new server are just the biggest assholes, right? <laughs> they just <laughs> fucking suck. They're the worst. And so now we're like scheming behind the scenes and like there's there's espionage and spying and we're like trying to get as much information as we can before we swap to a different faction to try and like fight these guys and stuff. It's just like the the politics of the game are so much fun, man. I know it, it's super deep. enjoyable. Oh, dude, this is some Game of Thrones level shit yes, you're talking it, about right it, now. It literally is this this faction or this company that um, we came into um, that's a part of our, our faction. They own the f- five or six most profitable territories on the map. Like mm. they are just rolling in money, right? <laughs> a bunch of their people stopped playing to go and play Lost Ark, and so they're. Uh. Okay. So we must strike while the iron is hot. <laughs> it just, I, I could go on for hours. We'll, we'll talk so about this on Faction Wars later. I won't right. bore you guys. But I want you to talk about show. the new hotness you're playing. Yes. Uh, so the love of your life. I think this game that I've been playing is my game of the year so far. I Obviously, it's only February. We have a lot of big games that are coming out in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nobody saved the world, or nobody saves the world from Drinkbox Studios, the guy who did the guys who did Guacamelee and Guacamelee 2. Um, is fucking incredible. Like it's so good. The the writing that they had in um Guacamelee and Guacamelee 2 was top-notch, right? Like mm-hmm. those guys are hilarious. They they know how to write very well. Their humor translates through uh in this game super, super well um like there there's a a multi-part quest where um there's this like hermit that supposedly has the magic power to like save the world it's just a side quest right Mm -hmm. so you're doing it um and every time you delve into this dungeon with this homie that's you know trying to get this hermit stuff for him to like cast these spells it ends up being like just smut like it's just his (laughs) porn stash just all over the map he's like yeah the the hermit said that we have to go find uh his his ancient scrolls or whatever um and you just like see the character's face go what the fuck (laughs) like freak out realizing it's like nudie mags or whatever it just it's very charming the the writing in it is so good um the the jokes come very quickly every single character that you meet feels like unique and different and mm-hmm. uh, uh, more importantly the like actual game mechanics are so incredibly deep like guacamelee was cool because you had like the right. the different wrestlers that you could kind of switch to and they had their powers mm-hmm. and it was like this metroidvania coolness or whatever right. um this takes that and ratchets it up to like 500 mm. you have uh, like 15 or 17 different characters that you can unlock each of them have a unique passive and two unique attacks but as you level them up you can have up to four passives 
So you can combine passives from other characters and you can also have up to four different attacks. So you can combine different abilities from all these different characters and they all have like different movement speeds and health pools and stuff. And like, as you're leveling up, they're all getting stronger. And so you can like mix and match and make these really cool combinations. Um, so there's like a magician that pulls rabbits out of its hat and you have like these summons, but then you can also unlock a necromancer that makes it so that the damage that you deal heals your summons. And so if you're in these big fights, you can just have like fucking 50 rabbits that are just self-sustaining because the damage that they do heals themselves and you just keep popping out rabbits. <laughs> like it just, it's so cool, man. And the, the ability to like mix and match and create unique combinations for these dungeons um, and, and different caves and stuff that they have is so much fun. I'm like, 25 or 30 hours into it um and i have enjoyed every single second of it it has been so much fun yeah i remember you described it on in our discord uh like one of your favorite games ever yeah of all like of all time and that's that's high praise (laughs) yeah Yeah, really high praise mike kirsch gives me shit because i have frequently said on this podcast on my stream whatever that i love games that give you build diversity and this Mm -hmm. game is build diversity the game like you could just mix and match (laughs) shit as much as you want you have like the one locked in unique um passive and the one locked in unique attack per character and then you can just throw whatever else you want in there and it's just, it's so much fun. And you can like level up the skills too. Um, so they're like generating more mana. So you can use other abilities. You can level up the passives. Like it just, it's so much. And I love it. And you're just like leveling all this shit up. And you like level up each of the characters by using unique combinations. It just, the game encourages you to like be very creative. And I mm. love it. It it scratches my like level up itch. <laughs> It's awesome. So, so you could say that this game was tailor made for you. Yes, exactly. Um, I have been playing one other game too, though, Andy. Oh, uh, oh. review coming soon to the website. Uh, but oh. we got a code. We got a code for oh. a game called Castle Morahisa. I think is how you say it. I have not heard of this one. It's very Japanese. Uh, uh-huh. It is Slay the Spire, Japan. And, oh okay and, yeah so it's, it's like a, a cool deck builder game mm-hmm. it's really fun like it, it's it's unique in the way that they approach some things um, mm-hmm. they make it so that you can access the shop in between any fight um, mm-hmm. you can't really see the path ahead of you except for the very next um, fight and it gives you a couple of different options or if you want to like go for a fight or go for an elite or go for like a treasure chest or whatever um, but you can't see like what's coming up after that uh, which is very different from Slay the Spire. Um, they have some really cool synergies where um, you can like stack buffs on yourself. And for each stack of that buff, you get one point of armor. Uh, but mm-hmm. then when you hit the maximum amount of stacks, they all disappear, but then everything is free in your hand. So you can just like play a bunch of cards that turn. Like it's cool. The synergies are a lot of fun. I've played that for like 30 35 hours at this point um it's pretty tough honestly like i i feel like i'm pretty good at deck builders and stuff um i've played a lot of slay the spire monster train nowhere profit all of those um and this game is is pretty difficult part of the reason that it's difficult is because the translations aren't the best uh that's part of the charm though yeah 
yeah so it's all good <laughs> some things say they're gonna do a thing and they don't do that thing they do a different thing and so um but yeah uh i'm i'm polishing up a review on that should be coming out here in the next couple of days mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's been really fun it's a it's a cool one for sure all right and is it i think it's time for yes. our indie our indie news our indie game watch um Dude, give me the indie news a few things I want to mention here. One, Infernax, out now. Game Pass, PC, Switch, PlayStation. Go and get it. Game is freaking amazing. If you like Castlevania 2, which not many people do, and if you like <laughs> Zelda 2, which not also many people, people do, <laughs> it takes the things that were broken about those games, broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, those games are perfect. They're perfection to me. But many think they have faults, which I don't think exist. But I digress. So if you like those games, if you like classic Castlevania-like gameplay with a lot of gore, game is out now. Play it. Try it. Love it. It's a hoot. Hoot and a half. Um, Children of Morta has a co-op thing out now. Ooh, fun. Amazing. Yeah, so there's that. Go and check that out. And then I plugged Animal Well at the beginning of the show. The game, just just look into it. Do a little cursory search online. Do a little googly googly. Look it up. It's and beautiful. It's a it is, pretty game. It is a stunning, again, for pixel art, this guy does some insane stuff with <laughs> these engines that he's made into his game. So please check that out. And with that, Taylor, I think it's time. Let's talk about some news. We got some news. We so some news. go ahead. Andy, as as the spoopy game guy, Ugh. what the fuck's going on with this spoopy game on PlayStation? Okay. So <clears throat> I love hate this news. Okay. And I'll say why I love it first. So there's a game, there's a horror game called Martha is Dead. It's coming out, I think, towards the end of this month, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, you know, I don't think it's a well-known game unless you're like really into horror and you know like what's on the release schedule for horror games for the year, like mm-hmm. myself. So Martha is Dead is getting a snippy snip, like our friend Taylor here. And for those who don't know, look at that. Don't <laughs> tell <laughs> them that's only for the Patreon people. Stop well, that's it. why you have to go to the Patreon to find out what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, it's getting a little bit of censorship, but only on the PlayStation console. So good, good, good side of this coin is I think this is going to bring attention to this game more than there was before because of the conversation slash controversy surrounding this. So exposure is good. Publicity is good. You'll get some more eyeballs on your game. It was on a whole bunch of websites that, that didn't cover it before. Sure. This news broke, so awesome. This like, is, I mean, not, not exactly the same, but this is kind of like what happened with Dead Cells, right? When Dead Cells yeah, came yeah. out, there was the whole mm-hmm. review debacle with IGN mm-hmm. and the plagiarism mm-hmm. and stuff, but that got a right. lot of people talking about Dead Cells. Yeah, and, and then it became the best game that came out in 2018, and you no know, one disputes that. Of all games that the review writes itself. 
the game is so good like you gotta yeah. you gotta take notes like i know <laughs> like it's <laughs> how do you struggle to praise yeah. a game you know it's, i don't get I, it <laughs> yeah we don't have to like rehash this but like you don't you have you have to like hate playing video games to not play the video game and then just like i know tell people how you feel about it like like i understand listen i used to get paid for reviews a lifetime ago and i was told from people listen we need like a not shitty score for this so don't make it sound too bad if you hate it and i was like oh man uh that's hard yeah <laughs> but anyway on the reverse side yeah uh, the more dirtier side of this coin, this coin it's like landed in a pile of shit this coin is i don't understand why sony has a need to come in and further censor content from a game that has already gone through the process with the esrb yeah it's a thing that exists for a reason. They look at your game. And it's not even like this game was like rated AO or something, right? Right, right. Like there are plenty of like very graphic um, or over, overly sexualized games on all mm. of these platforms. And it, mm. it seems like when Sony picks and chooses these fights, it just mm. doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, they're not super consistent with it. Right, which is just so weird to me. And what I think is going to be a problem is when we get this game and people are playing it on Xbox and PC, we're going to find out exactly what Sony deemed was inappropriate for PlayStation. Sure. And if it's not like a full blown, you know, gang rape, I don't know what, yeah, <laughs> what, what, what could it possibly be that you're not going to that you think this shouldn't be in our game at all. So it's, I think it may backfire on them when it, it, it becomes a nothing burger in the end. Like it's horror, like horror is meant to shock you and disturb yeah. you and get under your skin. And, you know, like some of the most violent games I've played were on PlayStation and yeah. I can't even like, you know, Mortal Kombat 11 has some of the most intensely graphic, photorealistic fatalities of people's bones being torn from their flesh so i don't understand what it was and that's the other layer it's like we know it was censored in some Mm -hmm. way we don't know how exactly yeah in in sony's defense did you see this clip that was going around on twitter from the game oh no Uh, talk to me you like in first person cut this dead woman's face off okay uh and it was very disturbing and as a little tiny baby boy that hates being scared uh i for one am all about censoring that so (laughs) was it resident evil 7 that you had to reach your head into uh you're silly if you think i played resident evil 7 resident (laughs) evil 7 which you can play in vr on playstation 4 there's a decapitated dude, and there's a key like lodged, I think, in his in, throat. Yeah, oh. so you, have to, you have to you have to reach into the neck hole, into the head hole, I think almost elbow deep. Yeah, and then yank it out. So again, I don't know exactly <laughs> what we're trying to prevent people from seeing. Yeah, because I think 
at this point, and also it's the game is mature. It's M. Sure. It's meant for older audiences. So mm-hmm. let me be the judge yeah. of that. If I say, well, this is not, I don't like this. I'm, I'm going to turn this off. I have the right yeah. to do so. Don't be fucking waving your censorship dick on my games and cutting shit out. Yeah. Get out of here with that. Uh-uh. Don't like it. Don't like it. Well, there is another game company mm. that is stopping you from doing things that you want to do, Andy. And that is Nintendo. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how upset are you? As of late March 2023, which yes. is over a year away. It will no longer be possible to make Nintendo eShop purchases yes. from the Wii U and the Nintendo mm-hmm. 3DS family of mm-hmm. systems. Yes, Taylor. Uh, on a pair of systems that I hacked years ago and haven't turned on <laughs> in, you know, at this point, I feel like it's two console generations worth <laughs> of content. This news is heartbreaking, and I'm going to grab my pitchfork and riot and burn down the headquarters. I, I want to buy, I want to buy some games for my Wii U. <laughs> um, listen, nothing is forever, and yeah. storefronts like this. I'm pretty sure if we had PS1 storefronts like in the late '90s, they'd also be gone too at this point. And you know, yes. it's just it's just what happens. These things can exist forever. I understand if there's a small group of people that own a Wii U and still buy things on Wii U did over 3D. 3DS, I feel, has a bit more skin in the game because it was a successful platform with a lot of units sold and there's a strong audience there uh, that may enjoy that. Some great games on the 3DS, but you know, we got to move on. Yeah. We got to say, all right, listen, you can still play your games that you own. No one's saying you can't access those or enjoy those you can't spend any more money on these old you know at this point what else do you have to buy that's what i want to know like nothing is new yeah there's no new releases you've had a decade (laughs) like what else is there can i can i make a confession to you did you buy a game on the wii u last night (laughs) no no i have not owned a wii u in many many years Um, I got to buy Pikmin 3 before it goes away. I think they were giving Pikmin 3 away just like if you bought a Wii U. They're just like, here, have a game, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I have have never owned any iteration of a DS ever. Holy shit. Yeah. Any of them. Is it DS Fat, DS Lite, and the 3DS? And the pizza, DS nuts, the pizza slice, <laughs> DS nuts. Get out! <laughs> you Listen, take your nuts and leave. I'm allowed to make that joke. <laughs> um, yeah, to find I'm, out I'm, why. Please I'm go to patreoncom podcast <laughs> to find out what's happening with Taylor's nuts yes. specifically. Uh, specifically. Wow. Um, was there a reason for that? I uh, just didn't want to. Really, are you a, a, a PS so guy? Is it, that what it was? Uh, no, I I was like not really a handheld guy. I played mm-hmm. I played Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP a ton, right? Mm-hmm. But I had those like into like sixth, seventh grade, mm-hmm. and then in eighth grade I started playing Xbox 360. 
Mm. And I was just like a console guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was playing my Xbox. I was playing online with my homies, didn't have any handhelds. Right, right. And then I was a broke high school kid who didn't mm-hmm. have money to buy a handheld and mm-hmm. whose parents like basically forced me if I wanted to have any joy in my life, I had to pay for it myself. <laughs> um, so I just, I just never bought one. And then by the time I could like uh, afford consoles with my own big boy money, I was, mm-hmm. I was buying Playstations. I was, I was right, buying right. the new Xboxes. I was buying right. a PC. So you want that new call of duty, you want that gears of war hotness. You want yeah, exactly. time for no fucking 3d Mario. Yeah. Like, yes. Like Pokemon black Two, like kid Icarus. What? I don't yeah. care about that franchise. Um, Wow, that's interesting. I think I, I think I've owned all of the. I didn't do the two D one because I had the three D. That's why I bought the thing because I wanted the three D effect. Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, there was a little uproar with the whole PlayStation version of the story a few months ago. If you don't recall, yeah, like we're shutting down PS three storefronts. So silly. Was like, you can't take that away from us. <laughs> this is the problem with digital then- ownership. Yeah, and you're just like, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, Yeah. sure. Do you want to pay the bill to keep the lights on for these things? You know, it's gonna go away at some point. Yes, even your PS4 is gonna go away, like you know, not as quickly as you would imagine, but shit, next 10, 20 years, yeah, ain't gonna be there no more. Um, but yeah, it's listen, it's it's more of a and a more serious note, I feel like, you know, it's a nice little period. Like these things are not officially done. Like the chapter is closed. The book is done. Turning a page, you know, it is what it is. I don't think it's worth like huge uproar, but you know. Yeah. They're also giving you 13 months advance notice. Right. So it's like if there's shit you didn't buy. <laughs> In the yeah. last 10 years that you had your eye on check your cart if there's anything in yeah. your cart like all right i gotta check out get that sale from like six yeah. years ago is it still valid uh do you want to know what else isn't going to be here for too much longer oh tell me taylor battlefield 2042 <laughs> okay okay what happened to this game I I was so hyped going into this launch, Andy. I was like, yes, they're in such a good position to like finally kick Call of Duty. And mm-hmm. you know, the, it's gonna be a down year for Call of Duty. Like people don't seem to be vibing with the World War II thing. Mm-hmm. We're going back to like Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4, um, you know, like mm-hmm. modern warfare time, like right. No. You were like, this, this is gonna, it's gonna smoke the hell out of Call of Duty yeah. in the fall. Like, it's gonna be yeah. the new go to. And it had every season. opportunity to. Yeah. This, this game did not fail because Call of Duty succeeded. Call of Duty succeeded because this game failed. Um, it, here's the thing this game has like six guns in it. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I, I think. Oh. Real, realistically it's less than 15 oh i, I think God. there's like five or six types of guns and I two or three no that you idea can it was that yes. bad yes it like it's awful it's awful there's just nothing it's just content barren the game looks like shit the game plays like whatever 
but there's just nothing keeping you around. And finally, EA acknowledged that in this like town hall thing that they had for their investors. Right. And I kind of want to run through the sequence of events here. We went from EA saying, yeah, we didn't quite meet the target sales with, with um, Battlefield 2042. That was the first thing that came mm-hmm. out. I think it was like a few months ago. Then there were like, well, we're not going to tell you how many copies it sold. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. We don't want to tell you how bad it did. More than ten. <laughs> yes, and now you have this town hall, Taylor. I'm going to read to you a statement from this town hall, and I think it is the most terrifying thing I've heard in a very long time. It really spells out the state of big budget AAA gaming. Yeah, and what it's become for a lot of a lot of big big publishers i'm gonna read this and just digest it okay okay ea acknowledged that the company has historically had bug issues with dice games at launch and that the bug count for battlefield 2042 did fall into the range that they would have expected when compared to other launches so it was believed that the issues would be manageable So what is being said here is that there is a threshold. There is a standard for bugs allowed for a game at launch. I feel like we all knew this in our hearts, right? On the dice side, yeah. but We all knew that this was actually how developers were looking at game releases and stuff. But having them say the quiet thing out loud, Mm -hmm. like... Bro, <laughs> it's a scary thing. There's it something. Really is. There's something that really we talk about scary games before. Ain't nothing on this right now. This yeah. this rattles me. It, it is. They, it is like such an analytical, like fucking board member ass way to present this to. Uh-huh, you uh-huh. know, it's like oh, the bugs were within the range of outcomes that we've seen in previous dice games. So. You know, it, it, we thought it was viable, like not taking into account like the severity of the bugs right. or what the bugs actually impacted. It was just how many bug. <laughs> and when you, when you describe a game as you have with six guns, <laughs> when yeah. there's not, when there's not enough to distract you from the bugs, like yeah. look at a game which I think is a good segue. We'll get there. Like Cyberpunk mm-hmm. that launched buggy. Mm-hmm. But there was still a fully realized world with shit to do that people Yeah, there was a fuck ton of content yeah, that people found enjoyment. Yeah. But when you have a game that has no real content and it's like <laughs> and you can break it in 2 seconds while you're playing mm-hmm. it. You got to be like you got to reassess because people are going to turn on you. Yeah. And they, and they did actually vote with their wallets. They did not buy the game. Yeah. I still remember my my very first um, multiplayer game in Battlefield. Mm. I spawned in. I died within three seconds. And I watched my kill cam. And I died from someone who was shooting me underneath the map. <laughs> and that's when I knew. <laughs> 
I was I was one of the ones that were swindled. So you know, feel bad for me, I guess, or something. Yes. It's just it's 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 funny because you know I don't want to overhype this Friday's interview, but one of the things we touched on was the importance of delivering a finished game on day one. Yeah. This is coming from I know it's an indie developer with a much smaller budget, scope, vision, what have you. But the philosophy is there. Like, I want to finish something complete and get it out. Yeah. I don't want to patch it or DLC it endlessly. I want a product that's finished. Yeah. And I think big games can learn from that. Yeah. That thinking process a little bit. The bug count total is much lower when you're a small indie dev. <laughs> oh yeah. Now they're gonna announce at the next town hall. We're gonna lower our, our threshold for our bugs. Bug count threshold. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna mi- we do minus five on the bug count, guys. Yeah. That way we're gonna have a lot less people. New KPI bug count <laughs> threshold. God, I was reading comments like some guy was saying how when it took me like one second to shoot a car and it blew up i knew the game was fucked like it was just so poorly optimized Mm -hmm. yeah it was rough speaking of poorly optimized video games oh boy (laughs) let's let's talk about the cyberpunk patch Uh, let's 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 get into it we have we have a lot of people in our discord and by a lot of people i mean like two and a half people um that are very excited about this (laughs) right Steve is downloading Cyberpunk again to try and jump back into it. Mm. Um, they just put out this next-gen patch, calling it Update 1.5. Mm. The patch notes are pretty beefy. Like, it, it is extensive, the things that they did. And seeing the, like, Digital Foundry comparisons and stuff, the side-by-sides, it definitely looks better. But also this patch was supposed to come out almost a year ago. Mm. (laughs) Is it too little too late for Cyberpunk on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, Cyberpunk was one of those games where I was caught up in the it's a new CDPR game. So I I expect a great world, great storytelling, Mm -hmm. great side quests, great content. But there was always that lingering, but this is a new kind of genre for you. Yeah. Very new. And you talk about your vision and your ideas, and it seems like, I don't know if you're going to fit all that in there at launch day. Yeah. And then the thing comes out, and it's so deflating when you see how buggy it is and how incomplete it feels. And it's just, you know... People like us, Taylor, we're not like a one-two game person. We don't do like Call of Duty, FIFA, and some other game, the the latest Rockstar game, and some other big game. We we spread the love. Yes. Amongst many, many titles. Well, I I have been spreading my love much less. In one direction. Yeah. But But I'm saying, generally speaking, I think you play more games than most people do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell my boss I can play video I, games while I'm working. So yeah, yeah, totally. That definitely yeah. helps. <laughs> ditto, ditto for me too. Um, but yeah, it was just okay. This is it. It's not ready yet. It's, it needs more time in the oven. I'm gonna move on, and yeah. I moved on like emotionally 
from mm-hmm. this game because you're seeing other games that are coming out they're just way more polished and you know a game like this given what cdpr has done with witcher 3 especially it's going to be a beefy game yeah it's a lot of stuff and i feel like i'm we gonna have, wait yeah we have two very beefy games right around right. the corner we've got right. horizon we've got elden ring that are right. going to be coming out in the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks like yeah the timing on this isn't great and i'm i'm yeah. in the same boat like i i actually enjoyed cyberpunk i played it on pc so i didn't have the mm-hmm. like last gen console issues that um you know a lot of our friends had um so i think i, I was fine i thought the game looked totally okay uh mm-hmm. you know it wasn't anything to write home about it everything mm-hmm. had kind of like this weird blur over it from what i remember but i enjoyed my time with the game i thought the writing was was interesting and the characters were cool and I, I thought it was a cool idea. And then I got 25-ish hours into it and the game made my save and I had to start over and I just emotionally couldn't do it. I yeah, immediately not, uninstalled and requested a refund. Not like, disheartening at all. Yeah. I just like <laughs> through, through all of that, I persevered <laughs> through all of these dumbass bugs and then it just like completely eats my save. And I'm just like, I... I can't do it again. I can't. The the bugs gave us a lot of a lot of fodder. You know, it gave us a lot of moments, a lot of meme-worthy moments. Where it was funny watching people defend the game because, like, oh, the bugs make it better. It's like now you're just now you're just you know okay, Bethesda. The bug is the feature. What is this like PR speak? Yeah, right. Yeah. But listen, I admire folks, especially those in our Discord who actually mm-hmm. like are excited about this update, who are like, you can see it's like they put actual work into getting this thing looking better, running better, making the world feel more dense. Like the driving mechanics are all new. It feels like it feels like it was an alpha at first, mm-hmm. beta-ish. And now it's like, here's the full game that you've been waiting for. And you know, if you were excited about it when it first came out, now it's like redemption time for yeah. CDPR. And you know what? Again, I'll always say this. I, I don't enjoy it, but I think it's necessity when a big company fails in a very public way. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing now a battlefield with, with this game when it first came out because it's humbling and it reminds them that they have to do better they yeah. can't just release things out the door and get that quick buck and sell your 13 million units day one. And then you have this huge cloud of negativity over your next release. So, unless you oh, call of duty, yeah. ayo. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Andy, let's take it home. Do you have a hype zone for us this week? I do. I do. It's a good one, too. It's really, really good. So, you know, I'm a fan of the pixel art, everything. Uh-huh. If it's got sprites, I'm all over that shit. You yeah. Know? I can't get enough. It's a timeless, timeless gaming art form. Sure. Never going to go away. It'll always look better as, as, as we age, as you do more cool shit with it. So you are familiar with the Final Fantasy pixel remaster games you're doing now. Yep. So they just released Final Fantasy VI. Oh. And Square messed up the classic suplex move on the train boss, which 
If you remember back in the day, you could suplex the train ghost boss mm-hmm. and the train's like actually upside down as you're yeah. holding it and suplexing it. But in the new version, they even bother to flip the asset. It's just grab the train and then slam it down. Aww. But the, the hype zone of this okay. is our friends at Something Classic who are working on their own JRPG quartet actually did the proper suplex on one of their train bosses in their game to show Square how it's done. I, I watched this video. It, it was shared in our Discord and I could not stop laughing. It, it is just like the greatest subtle dig yeah. I have ever seen. Like mm-hmm. petty in all of the best ways. Yep. I, I love it so much. And and for the, the quartet crew, thank you. Thank you for gifting us this incredible, <laughs> incredible clip that we can now cherish forever on top of a, a game that I'm very, very excited about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, Taylor, yes. we do have a couple of mailbag questions I want to go over. <laughs> uh, there are two specifically. There's, yeah, there's, there's a good one. Can I, can I do nuffs? You can do nuffs. I'll, I'll do, I'll do Maltese's first. Okay. Because yep. it's been sitting there for like a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> we promise we have not been ignoring you. He did say for your next crossplay. This is a next crossplay. This is so technically my technically, next yes. crossplay since he since he posted that. So he was so, just addressing me in particular. Yes. Our good buddy Maltese asks, yep. do you see another long period between console gens coming up? Think about how long it took to go from Xbox 360 PS3 era the xbox one ps4 era could it take that long or longer to get to a ps6 or even a ps5 pro given the state of the world today hmm hmm um, that is a that is a great question you want to give me your thoughts on that first taylor yeah i i think that is a, a very good question um i think that we are going to see generations elongate because ultimately it makes sense for the hardware manufacturers to have their stuff in market for longer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if it gets to the point where it's like restricting the creative ability of your teams, you know, that are making games and things like that and like holding um, those, those games behind, then that's when it makes sense. But mm-hmm. we have the ability to iterate um, within a console generation not even going to like a, a pro version, but just like a, mm-hmm. a new slim model that, um, you know, streamlines some things, even, you know, like Sony has already done this with the PS5, right. Where they, they kind of changed some of the heat sinks to make it more cost-effective for them and, mm-hmm. and made it um, a little bit more efficient or whatever. Um, I, I think that these hardware manufacturers want to elongate these, uh, these generations. And so ultimately it's up to them and we will see the generations, uh, continue to be longer periods. Now, I don't think we're ever going to, unless there's another like catastrophic uh, economic collapse, like I don't think we're going to see another um, like Xbox 360 PS3 generation, right? Because that mm-hmm. shit lasted forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I do think that we'll see um those generations slowly start to creep out, you know, eight years, nine years, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, 
and, and we'll continue to, to see hardware manufacturers try and push the limits before they have to put out a new box. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, just to add a few things, I think if you look at a game, especially like Horizon Zero Dawn and now with Forbidden West coming out in a couple of days, if you just watch the comparison videos of even the PS4 base version of the of the, the sequel looks incredible. So the mm-hmm. team has learned a lot over you know these past couple of years where they can really draw out the power and efficiency of these consoles. Yeah. I think when you take that coupled with millions and millions of people buying a system, you want to stretch that out for as long as you can. And also, as we see a big push, especially in Sony's Sony's corner, for games of service. Yeah. Like, that's like they're a big focus for them. So having a longer life cycle for a console and keep filling it with these kind of games that... That also have longer life cycles. Exactly. We'll flock to and we'll, we'll play every day forever and ever. I see these getting longer and not shorter in terms yeah. of the gaps between the generation leap and also at a certain point when the ps6 and xbox next get here mm-hmm. you have to wonder how how good will those look on the graphical spectrum and could that be like all right we've te- we've, we've we've capped out yeah <laughs> it looks like real people now so we'll yeah. stop here and just make games forever on this thing mm-hmm. so well, and- there's, yeah. there's a number of different um, technical advancements that have to come before these companies just decide, like, all right, let's put another box out. Mm-hmm. Like, Sony and Xbox could decide tomorrow, let's put out another box, but without um, advancements in, like, 8K TVs and, right. uh, you know, high-speed chipsets and uh, graphics cards and things like that. Without mm-hmm. seeing further advancement into that, ray tracing, like, all of these different technologies mm-hmm. that they don't develop and and um like produce internally um right. and sony kind of does but like their tvs and mm-hmm. shit whatever yeah. um <laughs> like <laughs> it there's a lot that they're relying on to continue to move forward before they can take that next next step forward right mm-hmm. so right, right, right. there's a lot that goes into it all right yeah. the other question this will be a quick one andy <laughs> you just want to get to that one don't you oh absolutely <laughs> This is from our friend Nuff. This uh, relates back to our very first story from the dual screen report. Hey, Sony, what the fuck, dude? So, Andy, please answer the question. (laughs) This could also apply to, like, the fucked up Horizon Forbidden West on the storefront. Like, you can't buy the the cheaper one. There's the preload thing. Some fuckery there with the preload. So This could also have to do, did you see this on Twitter, uh, with the fact that Aloy has a beard? Yeah. Hey, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap it I've up. I've got to bounce. You can follow bounce. us over on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash dual underscore screens at Pansky at its perjur. Thank you very much. My wife's screaming. I'm sorry. Something happened. I got to go. All right. I'll let Taylor go. And I'm just going to be like, thanks for joining us. That's what happens when you do a, not a live show, but like, I guess a one and done show. So that'll do it for this week. <laughs> Please join us next week. We'll be back on Twitch live and just being awesome as usual. And as usual, people, speaking of which. 
always, always be excellent to each other.